Welcome to another episode of Pardon the Disruption, where we have our experts and leaders to discuss topics around real estate and business. My name is Xander. I'll be your host for today. And uh, Weasel's actually uh, out for today, so we're here to, I'm here to substitute for him. But we want to go ahead and have our forecast and introduce them. We can start with Steve. Yeah, uh, Steve Trang. I got the podcast Real Estate Disruptors, watching it on this channel right now. Sales trainer, um, wholesaler. Um, got apartments, bought a bank recently, and uh, just love to really um, talk shop. And I got some of the best and brightest in the industry to talk shop with in this episode. CJ. Yeah, Chris Jefferson, Richmond, Virginia. Uh, I run Chargedip University, where I teach people how to get started in wholesaling or how to scale their wholesale business. Uh, I got started out as a wholesaler 12 years ago. I've done everything from fix and flip, new construction, apartments, uh, always here weekly uh, with the hot take and uh, taking the belt every time. All right. With, RJ, some, free, with some freebie votes. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm uh, RJ Bates III. Uh, I want to personally welcome uh, Leon Barnes to the to the panel. He is uh, Eric Brewer's backup. So far, <laughs> averages one point. Zero rebounds and five fouls. So, Leon, welcome to the panel. You must be a stud player to be his backup. Well, I'll take that. I'll be Eric Brewer's backup any day. But I feel like if I'm going to be on this panel, I got to have a cool name like everyone else. So, it is Leon Barnes. But today, it's Leon G. Barnes because you got Eric Brewer the first and R.J. Bates the third and C.J. the great. All these great names. So, I'm going with Leon G. Barnes. And the G stands for... Hopefully, there's no vote gate on my first episode. <laughs> and Leon. <laughs> you like that, Xander? Uh, that, that, that was a really good intro. That's good. Uh, <laughs> for the people that are, are new watching, um, we will be discussing some topics. They'll be on the uh, bottom end of the screen. Each of you guys will have one minute to discuss your, uh, your take on that topic. After everyone has gone, you guys will have two minutes to rebuttal. We will be timed. When you start, you will hear this. And when your times is up, you will hear this. All right. For the people that are watching, if you guys do have any questions, um, and there will be a voting system on the chat. So please vote on whose side you pick. So let's get started. Topic one. What is the best marketing flow for wholesalers? Mar for wholesalers? Who's up first? Uh, let's go with Leon. I knew you were going with me and I was ready and prepared because I know the first question that was asked last week, Steve got hammered because he was not prepared. So I came prepared for this today. And the answer is this. The answer is it depends. It depends on where you are in your business. If you're just starting out, you probably aren't going to be able to afford television and direct mail and some of these other capital intensive types of, uh, of marketing. So if you're in the first one to five years of your business and you're working with guys like CJ and RJ, you're probably best bet to start out cold calling, texting, driving for dollars, bandit signs, all of those types of entry level uh, forms of marketing. Personally, I can tell you from uh, running the, helping run the Collective Genius and all the 300 plus members that we have, that's the biggest difference between the people that are long-term in the business is they're spending a lot of money on marketing versus the people that are grinding, doing the cold calling and texting out of the gates. 
time is up. Can we move on to RJ? I appreciate uh, Leon coming on and having zero opinion as his first response. <laughs> Thank you, Leon. Uh, you're definitely a backup. Okay, so the best marketing flow for wholesalers is you pull a list, you then skip trace it, you SMS, then you put it into a dialer, you cold call it, you go back to SMS, you're then going to text on motivating factors, whether that's pre-foreclosure, tax defaults, inherited, whatever it is, you're going to pick specific motivating factors, you're going to text that, then you're going to cold call that. Then after you've done that twice, you're going to send direct mail to the specific motivating factors that you know are highly motivated, whether it's two, three, four specific tags like pre-foreclosure, tax default, vacant, you Time send up. direct mail to them. <laughs> Let's go with Steve. All right. So um, I think there's two different answers, right? Depending on what season you are in your career. Uh, if you're further ahead, right? Uh, I think TV, from what I've seen, the best operators in the country, that is the most profitable. Uh, if you've got, again, deep enough pockets, that is going to bring in the most revenue, the most profit, uh, and with the least amount of effort. Uh, but if you're newer in your career, then texting, from what I've seen across the country, is the most effective for uh, uh, cost per deal, right? It's a little bit more effort, but cost per deal, uh, texting is the most effective. Uh, I wish I could do it. Uh, I don't because I think I have a pretty big target on my back. So for TCPA reasons, I stopped texting a while ago. But if you're newer, I think texting is, is the best way to go. And last but not least. Yeah, so I, I'll just actually answer the question, <laughs> I guess. So, all right. So, so, so simply put, right? Like if you got to have a marketing flow, we call it the three-headed monster. You want to hit with RVMs, you want to hit with SMS, and you want to hit with cold calling. I hear Steve on the on the violations, you know, proceed at your own risk. When you go to the swimming pool, it says 10 feet. It says dive, no diving, all right? You dive at your own risk, all right? So figure that out yourself. When it comes to the second tier, because I hear that argument, hey, if you're not entry level, if you're a little bit more advanced, I hear the direct mail, I hear the TV, I hear the radio. Leon, look, I know a lot of older timers, all right, are doing those methods, and they seem to be working great for you guys still. But if you really want to hit this thing on the head and make a lot of money, PPC, if you have the budget, is where the money is at. Thank me later. Trust me. See, RJ, I was right the whole time. It was a depends answer. It didn't say best marketing flow for new wholesalers. It said wholesalers. <laughs> Right. You were the one that gave it, well, hey, there could be multiple different ways. It's the best marketing flow. I gave very specific. Someone could actually listen to my 45 seconds and go do that and succeed. If they listen to you, they wouldn't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> hey, this is a family program, RJ. Family program. Oh, they wouldn't know what to do. PG-13. PG-13. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that was it for that. <laughs> Uh, let's move yeah, on I, to the looks that I, way. I'll jump in on that real quick. Can I jump in on that real quick? I, yeah. I think I yeah, think the last word. budget specific. Yeah, I think it's very budget specific at the end of the day when people have different variating budgets when they get into the business. You know, you have to have a solid budget to do direct mail. Direct mail definitely works, but you've got to have a decent chunk of change to spend to get letters and postcards out at 38, 40 cents a pop. You know, cold calling direct mail, RVMs are most cost effective. And it's, we call it the street sweeper, AR-15, man. You hit the whole block, man. We're not shooting a sniper rifle here, all right? 
Just remember, everyone, when you guys are doing this, I think it's a great avenue when you're getting started. Just, you know, make sure you know what you're doing as far as TCPA compliance. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying make sure you know what you what risk uh, you're taking. Full recap of the first round was CJ completely just backtracked off of his initial answer there. <laughs> he should have just kept his mouth shut. It was all it was all accurate. All accurate. <laughs> End of round one. Complete landslide for RJ. It's over today, boys and girls. I can't He's, today. he's already gone third person. You lose. You've gone third person. Oh, man. I knew I knew at some point RJ was going to bring his VAs into the mix. We're waiting for the results to come in, guys. We're waiting the results to come in. All VAs for all fifty states. Oh, RJ, RJ, you took it. I should just. I could. I could tell. I could. I could already tell by the way he's smiling. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, let's move on to the next one. Would you want someone like KD, Kevin Durant, on your team? A sharpshooter, someone who closes, but is toxic for your culture. We can start with Steve. Yeah, so I mean, as a Suns fan, right? Like, we definitely want KD. We want to hire him as for a mercenary, right? Uh, but KD, you know, is not the kind of person you want on your team if you've got a, a business. They're going to come and they're going to close deals. And the short term is going to be awesome because they're closing deals. But in the long term, they're going to they're going to hurt your company culture. Uh, you're going to have higher turnover. Uh, people aren't going to feel listened to. They're not going to feel heard. Uh, you're going to have people leaving or not working as hard. Because you got one guy who's always playing hero ball and uh, upsetting the fellow team members and maybe, you know, overpromising the sellers, causing cancellations, causing a uh, bad reputation for your company. So for our sales team, we do not want someone like KD who is toxic to the team culture. RJ. Uh, I absolutely want Kevin Durant. And going to that specific example of him as a player, you can see. Golden State Warriors were able to win championships with having Kevin Durant on the team. It's it's the Brooklyn Nets' fault why this turned into a toxic culture and they weren't because of lack of leadership. So for me, I'm putting myself on the hot seat and saying it's my job to make sure that the company culture doesn't become toxic because of KD. So in, in that circumstance, I absolutely want one of the best players in existence to be on my team. And it's my job to set the company culture, to make sure that I have proper leadership and don't allow him to become toxic to the rest of the team, just like they did in Golden State and just like no one else has been able to do with him on their team. So kudos to Steve Kerr and all of them. But yeah, I want them on. I want KD on We need more buzzers. (laughs) It's CJ. (laughs) Not loud enough. All right, listen, I'm taking KD 365 days a year to be on my team. All right, I think it's leadership hands down, and it comes down to coaching at the end of the day. All right, greatness needs great coaching. All right, and so I think that's all that Kevin Durant has really truly been missing. He had that opportunity with Steve Kerr. I think the other thing that was great that we saw with Golden State, and this is an analogy to really use in your own businesses at the end of the day and how you manage talent, great talent at that. Steve Kerr or, or Steph Curry knew how to take a back seat. That's called power. Power is being able to move somebody from point A to point B without them knowing that you moved them. And Steph Curry visibly took a back seat for Kevin Durant. It resulted in a championship. I just think it needs proper management. He regrets, I'm sure, leaving Golden State. If you got talent on your team, you got to nurture, manage that talent, know who you're dealing with, and make sure you make effective decisions. Leon. 
Hell yes, I'm taking Kevin Durant. I mean, you're talking about arguably a top 10 player of all time. I would argue that him being toxic has everything to do with the organization, very similar to what RJ and CJ said. All-star talent, Hall of Fame talent needs Hall of Fame leadership. That is a coaching and a leadership problem. Culture, each strategy, and competition all day. But the reality is you've got to make sure that you give him an environment that he keeps rising up. You think Kobe Bryant, you wouldn't take Kobe Bryant on your team? He was arguably toxic to his team, but you would take him. Figure out a way to make that Hall of Fame talent work within your culture by being a better leader. So you guys have never had like a good player or a good team or a good team member that was able to produce results but was toxic to toxic to the team? I mean Yeah, but they weren't they weren't a Hall of Famer, Steve. Right. That guy's a Hall of Famer, a top ten all time talent. If you would have said someone else a lesser player on there, we would have said no, you kick him out. Right. But you but, said KD. But we get players, right? We get we get team members that can close deals. We get team members that are good, right? We talk like Mavericks, right, on the profile, on the PI profile. And these guys are upsetting team members, right? They're not doing what needs to be done, right? As far as putting in notes. Uh, responding to the administrative team, not working with Dispo, not working with TC, right? They're divas, and if they're upsetting the the team culture everywhere they've been, right? They couldn't. He couldn't play with James Harden and Russell Westbrook, right? He couldn't uh, stay with Draymond Green because he was beefing with Draymond Green. Uh, he couldn't work again with James Harden and, and Kyrie in Brooklyn. Like at some point, the problem is the guy and not the teams. What was the problem, uh, KD, or was it Kyrie? And, and the other thing is, is going back to the business analogy here, I think all of us are saying we want our opportunity to be able to lead that player, showcase our ability. But let's say you do it. So I guess the context here, right? If you're leading him and he still isn't working within the team con uh, structure, within the confines of the team, would you keep him? I don't think we've seen where he isn't working within a team structure, though. I think what we've seen is he's not happy with the work of the team that he chose himself around him. And that's why I say leadership. If he had proper leadership. Well, so him, let's, let's, let's talk about leadership. in your sales organization, right? You got a guy that's closing 50% of his appointments, right? He's producing, but everyone in your company hates working with him. And you've had multiple meetings with him. You keep that guy. Yeah, I would keep that guy for sure. And I figure out a way to work with him. and how I would probably look at doing that is how can I increase what his take is? All right. Cause it's always going to come down to money at the end of the day. How can I figure out how to help increase his take and how do I lead him better to whatever his back end goal is? Somebody that works at that type of level, somebody that puts in that type of work to be that good at what they do to have a 50% close ratio, they are looking for something greater than base level. And you have to figure out how to help identify what that is and either partner with them in that opportunity if they're that good of a closer, right? Yeah. Uh, and then and retain that talent because if not, they leave Golden State, they end up in Brooklyn. Grass isn't always green on the other side. Now we're the, talking about the trade back. The, the key question is here that we haven't answered is, does he fit the core values? If right. he or she fits the core values, you keep them. If they do not, you can find another producer. If they do not fit your core values, simple as that. Wow, guys, uh, that was really interesting. Good takes. Uh, for the first time ever, we have a tie. And it was with Leon and uh, with Leon RJ, correct? Yeah, Leon and RJ. Half a point. I'm in. <laughs> I don't know if we do half points. Le That's zero for everybody. Manny, can we do half points here? Half a point. I'm on the board. Boys. That's zero for everybody. <laughs> we'll do a tiebreaker at the yeah. end. <laughs> Leon is already better than Eric. 
<laughs> All right, Eric's off. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry E-Money's gone. All right, moving on to the next topic. Do you prefer to hire with experience or with zero experience in real estate? Let's start with Leon. So RJ is going to kill me for the first word out of my mouth, which is it depends. Okay. If you're hiring, <laughs> if you're hiring a bookkeeper, you want someone with accounting experience, right? But if you're hiring for other positions that are not specialty positions, I would argue that you do not need experience. I started my real estate experience uh, in real estate investing with zero experience. I spent 11 years in corporate America in, in a sales role at zero real estate experience. I've listened to the person I'm subbing for, Mr. Eric Brewer, talk about systems and processes. You can, with the right systems and processes, you can teach anyone how to do all the roles within this business. So unless it's a specialty position, I don't need experience. CJ. Yeah, I'm going no experience uh, almost every single time. Like, you know, like Leon said, unless it's a specialized position, I think being able to nurse somebody from the beginning when the information is completely fresh they're not overly influenced by every facebook group and youtube video and every single thing else out there and you can literally take somebody all you need is just two things you need energy and you need consistency if somebody has those two values about themselves you can turn them into a killer in this business easily steve uh so for me i want someone with no real estate experience uh but i do want a track record of success outside of real estate you know in a perfect world you killed it in sales and you want to get into real estate or, you know, you've been a killer operator for another organization, but you want to get into real estate, right? So I'm looking for someone with a track record of success, but not in real estate. Uh, and I think, you know, the, the things that I really love seeing on a resume is debt collector. I mean, you've been hung up on and screamed up, <laughs> screamed up by everybody else. I love debt collector on the resume and I love door to door sales, especially if you sold religion, right? Like if you told me you were a missionary at one point, we'd love to have you at a company, right? So uh, for us, uh, experience, uh, track record success outside of real estate. If you have success, in, if you have experience in real estate, not really excited to have you in. RJ. Did you just say sell religion? Yes. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing oh, when you're overseas for two years? <laughs> RJ. All right, so Leon's <laughs> automatically disqualified for this one, and I'm bringing that up because he appears to be my only competition today uh, because <laughs> he brought up accounting and whatnot. It says experience or zero experience in real estate. That's not accounting, so Leon's disqualified, okay? I want no experience whatsoever because we have systems and processes specifically to titanium the way that we do it. I want to bring them in, show them exactly how we do it, and then just – rinse and repeat this everybody on our floor does everything the exact same way i don't want someone coming in and saying well this is how chris jefferson told me to do it i don't care chris is very subpar to what we do here at titan okay so that's why i want zero experience and rebuttals rj this if you if you want me if you want me to compete again you know that bad all right, like just put the, the signal, put, the lightning, put, the, put the lightning bolt in the air, and we, we might be able to negotiate the proper pay. 
right. So you guys that don't know, there was a uh, RJ's really bitter because he sent a deal to Chris and uh, Chris didn't sign the envelope. Chris, Chris opened the envelope in DocuSign and didn't sign the contract, and RJ's really pissed about it. That's exactly so, what happened. He <laughs> pretended like he was in Miami at some big wig event. Sure. All right. So, so since I'm RJ's only competition today, I've got to have this said. You own a real estate business and you need a CFO. Are you hiring a CFO without experience? Are you asking me? You know, yes. I like I like Leon's I like Leon's style, right? He he's got a good hedge game. All right. He's he's able to hedge his answers strong. He, he can play two answers at the same time. <laughs> I, I, I want a CFO to come in with zero experience because we've already established our processes for how we do handle our accounting. So yes, I I don't want experience coming in in that position. I, bold I'm answer. blown away by that answer, but the bold okay. answer. I mean, Yes, blown away. Yeah, by that's that a little bold on the CFO. That's a bold on the CFO. I don't well, know. I, about I, zero I, CFO is one third of my my partnership. So I mean, I I'm not going to be hiring for that position anytime soon. But if we are, then we're probably going to replace them internally with someone we brought in with zero experience. Confidently wrong. I love it. <laughs> Okay. I, I'm confidently in the lead by 20%. So the, the yes. math is say. Well, we can't you trust your math, obviously. I mean, by, by your last answer, we definitely can't trust your math. Keep keep going, VAs. You click those votes <laughs> for RJ Gates the third, baby. Vote Gates on again. That was good, guys. That was good, guys. The winner of that one was definitely RJ. Good job. What the heck is going on? <laughs> RJ's, got, RJ's got the yeah. bots going on. I want my half point is what I want, Xander. Yeah, I I might have to send my my IT department to look into it. CJ, you've been winning for like three straight weeks. Like, you need to calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Chill out. Xander, I need you to change that scoreboard down there at the bottom so everyone knows the landslide that's happening right now. I have men to get on it. Don't worry. I think we're going to have to start having people like register like their Instagram handle or their their, their, uh, first and last name on their votes. You can't vote unless you actually register now with with, with all this, um, you know, craziness going on over here we got the scoreboard uh added over here leon disruption what was that i said you're the donald trump of pardon the disruption (laughs) i'm gonna have an algorithm set in place to track where you guys are all voting from yes absolutely (laughs) all right guys let's move on to the next topic is today's social media climate make industry professionals less effective in their actual industry? Let's start with RJ. Um, I'm going to go with, yes, it does make them more effective because I I feel like that's going to be the controversial answer here. I I think because there are people out there that do fake it till they make it on social media, it gets a bad rap. But I think because of our ability to put ourselves out there constantly and consistently, I feel like I personally have gotten better in my industry due to social media, putting myself out there and and basically putting my back against the wall has made me better at closing uh, my marketing flow. Almost everything in my business, I can say due to social media, I have gotten better over the course of time. So I think it does help benefit uh, influencers in that uh, in their own industry become better at it. I do. Leon. 
So I guess I'm up on this one. I'll take what CJ said earlier about old timers, because at 45, apparently I'm an old timer, which I'll take that. I got it. I'll take it. It makes them more effective. And here's why. I have seen those old timers, as CJ mentioned earlier, I have seen them gravitate over the last two years and talk about followers and how they're utilizing that within their industry, within their markets to be the authority in the marketplace. You used to have to be on television or some other medium to be able to become that authority in your marketplace. It has allowed even the old timers that don't know how to get on a, um, and on a smartphone, it has allowed them to become their uh, authority in their marketplace. And I have seen it be more effective for them in their industry. Steve. Well, I don't know how Arj is winning because he can't read, but uh, no, it does not make him less effective, right? I think if you're chasing likes, you're chasing followers, then yes, it'll make you less effective. But if you're documenting what you're doing in business, right? If you're sharing what's working for you, you're sharing the successes and the failures, what happens, it gives you credibility. People know that you're actually in the business and because they know you're in the business, you're top of mind. And because you're top of mind, you're gonna get more referrals, right? Uh, people are going to be sending you deals, sending you transactions, uh, asking you for help closing these deals, help uh, asking you to mentor them, right? So I think that uh, it does not make you less effective. It makes you more effective if you know how to use the tool the right way. And CJ. Yeah, so look, I absolutely think that, you know, being on social media makes you more effective. Uh, and, and, and look, I think everybody hears social media when they think content and, and producing or putting out content. Everybody likes to think about instruction, instructional or educational content. But what, what we're really, I think, talking about as effective is just actionable content, talking about the deals that you're doing, talking about when you're going to put out bandit signs or like Leon, you're, you're sending out band, putting out bandit signs and, and sending out mailers or making phone calls or just sending out text or whatever. Talk about the action you're taking within your business. You'll start to extend credibility to yourself. That's when you start to get noticed by lenders buyers in your market, you expand your network, your opportunities, you should 110% be talking about what you are doing, not always necessarily trying to teach every time you get on a, on, on a camera. What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, so I'm glad yeah. everyone agreed with me. So that was awesome. Um, I think the things you guys always have to be careful of is making sure you're not chasing the wrong things, right? You're not chasing the likes, you're not chasing the followers. I mean, you, you see people buying followers, right? You see people buying engagement. And all that does every time you do it is cause you to lose respect from your peers that you're trying to gain, right? You're trying to gain the respect in the industry. All it does is cause you to lose respect. So I think, you know, don't chase the wrong thing, right? Be helpful, provide content that helps people and it'll make, it'll make you more valuable. Chase the wrong things, you'll be less valuable. Think about how much more effective Steve Train is after the past four years of sitting there for 60 to 90 minutes a week, talking to the most, the best industry professionals, and he adds no value whatsoever. Zero. Think about how much better he is now. I mean, honestly, he makes us fly all the way to Phoenix just to stare at him where he adds zero value whatsoever. Uh, I if I understand correctly, it helped you do more deals because you're on my show. So zero value is a pretty strong statement. Yeah, but I would argue <laughs> and agree here with RJ that your podcast makes you look like an interesting conversation, frankly. I mean, yeah. it really has helped with your you looking like an extrovert when you're truly an introvert. <laughs> Thank you guys for the backhanded compliment. I appreciate that. You're so welcome. But... <laughs> I, to add to this last point here, 
is I have seen people use social media over the last few years to gain great employees. We're talking about culture, showing your culture, doing the right things and, and helping people attract right talent, attract investors and, and do deals because of their social media following. So it is definitely something that done the right way can help you and be more effective in this industry. All right, guys, that was actually pretty good. I won. <laughs> that was actually a really good take. Um, well, I think that RJ has his VAs worldly work in this today because uh, yeah, he's 52%. Yeah, he like, this is crazy. Be, he has to be. He's got the entire team in his mastermind working here. <laughs> the entire team is percent how is it that Steve has all these followers and yet he is yet to win, right? I don't think you've won yet. Have you, Steve? Not this, not today. Not today. Not today. <laughs> so, they uh, good job, RJ. Yes, Leon. <laughs> um, so for the next question, before we get to the next question, uh, we will be picking a question that's in <clears> the chat. So if you are watching, if you want one of these guys to answer uh, your guys' next question, definitely put it in the comments below. Um, last on our topic is if, if you do real estate anymore, I'm sorry, if you cannot do real estate anymore, what's your new business? Let's start with Leon. So for me, this is a, a pretty simple one. I'm a real estate investor, but I'm also leader of a peer-to-peer -peer group in, in the real estate industry. Uh, like Steve, who helps a lot of people with acquisition sales training, I would see myself with a business that helped people onboard and retain talent. The biggest thing in this industry for real estate or any small business, having worked B2B for a very long time, is it's super hard for small business owners to hire, retain, and attract talented, talented people. Those Kevin Durant's to come in to build to your culture. It's really hard for people to do that. For, for, for me personally, I look at where there's um, an opportunity for small businesses. It's hiring and helping them train and maintain talent. That's the business that I would go with based upon what I know with small businesses. CJ. Yeah, so this one's pretty easy for me. I'm 110% going to say internet marketing. Um, you know, I believe in digital real estate. I believe in the power of the internet. I've owned a couple of different digital businesses. Uh, there's not really anything else that I've been able to see that, you know, is, is really kind of a equivalent when it comes to velocity of what you can build with an online brand, an online business, an online product like e-commerce or Amazon stores, whatever the case might, okay. might be. So for me, I would 110% uh, be down the rabbit hole of internet marketing, you know, being able to get a product out to mass very quickly get traffic to that product and uh, be able to convert that into sales and to create revenue. Uh, I don't know other ways that you could do that as fast with that type of rapid velocity. Steve. Uh, so for me, I'm assuming that, you know, if we're not in real estate, uh, you can't be a real estate guru like RJ. So uh, what I would do is I would perhaps be a sales consultant, right? I mean, I would think that uh, there are a lot of fortune 500 companies that, you know, sales is the lifeblood of their business. And, uh, I think that if real estate was not an opportunity, I would come in and uh, help their salespeople get better uh, acquiring or, or, or selling uh, products to customers. Uh, in a way, I would be a mercenary for hire, kind of like our friend Kevin Durant. So I would just come here, help organizations, get more efficient at sales, and that would be the business I'd be pursuing. RJ? Well, since I am the number one closer in the nation and, and I can't do real estate anymore, 
The only thing that I know better than real estate is sports. So I would go be a sports agent. Um, that's something that I was, uh, I was extremely passionate about sports. I wanted to do something sports related growing up, either a coach or a sports agent. And I think I would take the skill set that I have now with negotiating contracts and just negotiations, period. And I would go chase my passion of sports and, and have fun, you know, signing these, you know, $100 million contracts for the, the top talent in the world. That, that sounds uh, extremely fun and lucrative for me. So you'd be like a All Stephen right, A. So Smith we, that doesn't have any yeah. athletic ability we, and no, get no, involved we in sports. Hear. How would how would RJ um, handle Kevin Durant if he were his client? I got to hear this. Uh, I would get him on one of those number one seed teams that he wants to be. Well, actually, I'd probably convince him to come to Dallas just so he can play with Luca, so we can get a championship here in Dallas. Yeah, so no one Man. else shoots other than those two guys. That's a great team. <laughs> Absolutely, baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna start calling RJ RJ McGuire. Yeah, uh, who's coming gonna, with him? Yeah, he's gonna be the head of the the league minimum contracts. He's gonna be the expert agent. <laughs> the league minimum contracts. It'll be amazing. It'll be amazing. So basically, me signing Leon to a contract for today. <laughs> Very nice. Well played. Well played. I like how you brought that back to me. <laughs> uh, am I winning again? I'm well, winning again. I basically just made up an answer on the spot. I still beat you guys. We're purposely giving yeah, people more time you, so see, that they can vote for on. someone else. Yeah, <laughs> that tells you the fix is in. If you're just saying random things and you're winning, that you, the fix is in. We're okay with that, I guess, at this uh, point. People were tired of Chris Jefferson the third. That's what I'm saying. You disrespected <laughs> me last week. <laughs> well. There's no denying this one. It's also RJ at 58%. You got to yeah, be kidding me. No I'm going to have to assume man. that everyone <laughs> here is just uh, here for RJ. Yeah, everyone here is from the Titanium no Crucible. Way. I get it. We got to work on this. If I'm going to come back, which I know I'm going to be invited back at this point, uh, we've got to work on this voting. Well, good for you, Leon. You have a really large network, so you better get them to get on to watch the show. Apparently. <laughs> let me let me check RJ's email list real quick. And, uh, yeah, and check the email blast. Are we getting email blasted from RJ about going to vote for him? RJ's giving Very away good. money for them to vote for him. Paul's performance today is almost as bad as Aaron Bevins in the 2021 closure. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. The votes are changing. The votes are changing. Aaron caught in the crossfire today, but caught in the crossfire. <laughs> and we're going to go ahead and end the voting poll, and let's see who wins. Uh, really? Do we need uh, to go to the poll? It was, Chris, it was Chris Jefferson for a moment, and then RJ... Pulled through no, with the what? last 10 votes. Yeah. Unbelievable. In 2.5 seconds, he clearly has a bot from China at so this every, point. Wait, so let me just get this straight. So everybody wants to go now be a sports agent with a extremely <laughs> right. long beard that signs league minimum contracts like RJ right. Bates the third. This is, this is preposterous. <laughs> so far, everything has actually been pretty good, guys. Uh, we so have one. A, we got a tie. This is a tie, 40%. Is it tied? 40%. I'll definitely confirm with my staff in the back. Is it? All right. Half point for both of y'all. <laughs> Loving these half points. Your congratulations. Welcome to the club, Chris. <laughs> I know, man. Finally on the board. Um, all right. So this, this last question is actually pretty interesting. Uh, should be good. 
if you guys, uh, I'm sorry, uh, if you could make your best employees, or I'm sorry, should you make your best employee sign a non-compete? Let's start with CJ. Yeah, I mean, you can, I think in theory, you know, non-competes aren't going to hold up very well in court. I can tell you that much, you know, for sure. I think you can set a nice precedent up front, uh, you know, where you can create a non-compete opportunity. But how I look at my business, man, I'm not looking to hire anybody that I'm looking to restrict. You know, I've never wanted somebody to restrict me from my goals, restrict me from my dreams. I'm not looking to necessarily do that to somebody else either. When somebody comes to work for me, I'm trying to have a unique conversation with them to find out what they are really, truly looking to do. And I want to know how I can support them in that in partnership uh, in the work uh, and help them kind of reach those goals. So I kind of probably have a different perspective on that. I'm not somebody that's like freaking out about somebody knowing exactly how I'm running my business or my strategies because uh, I teach it to everybody and I'm authentic about it all the time anyway. RJ. Absolutely not. Um, I do not want to put any sort of restraint like that on anybody that works. Listen, I, our slogan here is create your own reality. Okay. Why would I be afraid that they're going to go out one day and want to create their own business? That's graduation day. That's what I want them to be able to go do. I want them to be able to go do what they, they need to do for their their own legacy. And so I, I absolutely don't want to put any kind of constraint on that. I'm not afraid of them wanting to go work for one of our competitors uh, because our competitors are subpar. I've already explained that with Chris Jefferson and you've seen that today. So why would I be afraid that they're going to go work for CJ? That's just not going to happen. So absolutely not. Steve. Uh, so for me, you know, uh, you guys heard me say I want to create 100 millionaires, and that starts actually with the people within our organization. So I want everyone in our organization to uh, to do well, to make a lot of money, and if they decide, like, hey, you know what, I appreciate everything you've done for me, I'm ready to go off on my own, I wish them nothing but the best. I have never burned a boat, I've never burned a bridge, right? If people go and off go off to do big, uh, bigger things, they want to chase their dreams, like, I'm all for it, right? I'm not opposed to it. Uh, so, yeah, for me, uh, we do not uh, make our empl uh, employees uh, sign non-competes, except for Weasel on a media team. Uh, he's not allowed to do media outside of, of disruptors. But besides Weasel, uh, everyone else is off free to go do their own thing. And Leon. I guess I'm going to be the a-hole of the group and be the only one that says that you not only should have your best employees sign a non-compete, you should have all your employees sign a non-compete. My guess is this question comes from the perspective of the newer investor. And you probably don't have your business at the level that RJ and Chris and Steve have developed their business to. I hear way too many. In fact, today I had a conversation with an investor that had two employees that left his business. And I would, as RJ and Chris uh, stated earlier, it's, it's more on him than it is on that employee. But I am also a big fan of non-competes because it sets the tone that we are going to, um, we're going to train you. We're going to give you everything that you need to be successful. And this is the standard of, of our organization. My goal is to make sure that you make as much money and you are able to do all the things that you want to do. But there is a, we have established from the beginning that you're not going to leave this company and start your own company. Yes, yeah. rebuttal. So I think for me, right, I look at uh, our job as visionaries, as business owners, is to create a vision large enough that everyone can fit in it. You know, like I look at, uh, there's not a lot of, by the way, there's not a lot of people out there that can, but you know, you got Elon Musk wanting to go to Mars. Like whatever I'm trying to do, I can fit within him trying to go to Mars, right? So I think for us, 
Uh, our, our passion is, again, create a vision large enough that they can hit their goals while we're hitting our goals. And if, if, if they can't hit, uh, accomplish their goals within uh, what we're trying to do, then, you know, this isn't going to be the place for them. Well, like uh, CJ said, I'll remind everyone that I'm apparently very old and I've always had to sign non-competes in, in, in corporate America and beyond. And I can tell you that you can, um, an employee within your system can reach all their goals and still understand that they cannot leave your company and go to work for competition and everything still have great culture within your company. You can accomplish both. Sounds like uh, if I got a job with Leon, I have to wear a suit every day. So that's not my jab. I don't know. If, yeah, if, if you, you get fired first day, Chris. Sorry. No question. And you would no look question. terrible in the suit. I, I'd no kick, offense. I'd kick in the door because I'd be closing at 50 percent. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. You know, when it, when it comes to Steve, I'm not sure if that was like an info. Like, I don't. Do we take a commercial break? <laughs> for hiring over there like everybody that works there is going to be a millionaire yes like i don't know if like are you trying to get some of my students to come work for you or something like what's going uh, on? i'm trying to get rj to work for me well if no, he wants to make a million dollars he should cj how come you, <laughs> you could close at a 50 percent clip but the one time we've gotten to see you actually try to clip you fumbled that ball faster than anyone did, he have, did he have zero closings oh, did he have zero closings god. rj oh my god I can't remember. What's that? Do we have to go back to the tape? Did, did CJ have zero closings during the closers Olympics? Zero closes. Okay, but fifty percent. All right. All right. The sweetest, nicest elderly lady of all time, and he just dropped the ball. Yeah, he whiffed oh, it. Please. He whiffed it bad. Need to replay and watch that, man. He go whiffed it bad. That. Shout out to Carlos Reyes, man. Shout out to Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Uh, uh, one, one, one last thing, Xander, before you cut us off. Uh, Leon's wrong. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to, but Leon won. It looks like RJ, you won again. Damn it. It's tied. It looks like it's still on. It's tied. What, CJ, it's what, tied. what are you doing? You got your VAs coming in here too? Nah, 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 nah. That's RJ's team. They're trading on him already, man. They're like, this is, this, guy, this is the episode oh, of Half Points. Unbelievable. Real, real quick, real quick. Hey, Chin, go ahead and vote for CJ real quick. <laughs> I want my VAs to vote for you real quick, CJ, so you feel better. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Well, it looks like we have concluded CJ and RJ did tie. Half points for both of y'all. Congratulations. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. That was that would be it for Has our episode of four and a half points before. That's like a new record, right? It's I don't incredible. think that matters. It's absolutely incredible. I think it's totally uh, irrelevant. <laughs> we'll be uh sending you kudos on the email and uh probably hack all your VAs for the next episode, RJ. Just letting y'all know. <laughs> that that actually does it for our episode uh of Pardon the Disruption. Please tune in every Thursday. Uh, at 11.30 uh, Arizona time. Pacific. 11.30 Pacific, 2.30 Eastern. What Steve said. Well, either way, we'll be here um, coming up with a new cast or a different cast, either way. Um, I'll and... be back, damn it. I'll be back. <laughs> with more fair people without VAs It might be an entire new cast if RJ's our agent. If RJ's our talent <laughs> agent, yeah. you know, we, might, we might all be recast. <laughs> we appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time. <laughs>